Hello and welcome to The Nate Show. You could be anywhere in the world, but you're here with me and I appreciate that. Uh, don't forget to follow along on social media at The Nate Show 423. The Nate Show podcast is now available on Apple, Spotify, and pretty much anywhere you can get your podcast from. Also, make sure to check out the YouTube channel for new content posted each week. Uh, the link to that page is in the the, uh, the bio on my social media pages, so I've made it fairly easy to get to, so hopefully you don't have any trouble finding that. But anyways, let's not waste any time. Let's get into a few topics here. I've made the mistake recently of uh, engaging in some silly arguments uh, on Twitter, and anytime you're having an argument on social media, it never really goes the way that you think it should, or... You know, arguing with a human being in real life is hard enough. Um, trying to prove some point that you have or, you know, having someone prove their point against you on a social media platform is really, really difficult. Uh, it's not something that usually ends up well and you end up just fighting and neither, neither person really uh, allows any room for any nuance, any meat in the middle. Like there's no, in most cases, there's no, yeah, okay, I see your perspective, you know, can you see mine? Uh, and I was, I'll be honest with you, I was that coward that deletes all their tweets afterwards. I just thought this is not the image that I want to be setting. If people start looking at my Twitter in the future, I don't want, I didn't use any foul language or say anything bad. I just didn't want it. I just thought the whole idea of that behavior was unbecoming and I didn't want that to be reflective of uh, what it looks like, you know, how it looks like I am as a person. Uh, you only get one chance to make a first impression and, and people don't necessarily care, don't necessarily care, excuse me, how nice you are at home. Or how nice you are in real life when people see you uh, on your social media page and i'm not trying to lecture you people here but you know that they see that people judge their first impression you hear this uh phraseology all the time facebook stalking or so you add a friend on facebook you meet someone out uh you're out if you're someone that's out dating or whatever if you're a guy you give a girl you know you get a girl's number or whatever uh, the first thing that's going to happen whenever she gets home or she starts talking to her friends, is they're going to get on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and they're going to see what you're all about. And so you only have one chance to make that first impression. Uh, all these things on social media that used to work in your favor, uh, you start to get too loose with your free speech or whatever. It could end up going the other way. But what I was thinking, what it made me think about was like this whole idea that sports fanhood is such a big deal to most people. In some cities, it's the entire identity. Uh, you think about cities like Boston, where they're just entrenched with, you know, the Red Sox, the Celtics, uh, the Bruins, and they're very, it's a very passionate fan base. Sometimes it's, it's what most would consider annoying. But if you're a fan of that team or you're from that city, uh, you live, sleep, and breathe that. Uh, here locally, living about an hour and a half from Knoxville, you see a lot of people wearing orange. You see a lot of people that they say they bleed orange. It's a big deal, being a ball for life, that whole thing. Um, and all that's great. I, I'm a sports fan. I'm as, about as big a sports fan as you could possibly be. Um, I love nothing more than a good Saturday afternoon where you're just laying around with a bag of chips, watching college football, or you're out with your friends watching that smell in the air. There's nothing quite like it when the fall starts coming. Uh, it's really great. Uh, but I've just noticed disturbing behavior lately, and maybe it's been going on my whole life, but just this idea that people – uh, there's already enough division in the world. Just the idea that people can't coexist, even though they're sports fans. You know, I'm, I'm a sports fan. Like I've mentioned, I'm, I'm a, you know, in baseball, I like the Chicago Cubs and the, in basketball, I like the Chicago Bulls, the LA Lakers, uh, college football, FSU Seminoles. And this is pretty much my whole life. I've been fans of those teams. And, you know, there's always those jokes. Like I, I spent, 
the greater part of there was a Saturday last year I was grumpy most of the day because Florida State lost uh, late in the game. They blew a lead and lost to Miami, and it's a rivalry game, and I was frustrated. And I was with some friends and eventually got over it. I actually saw Kevin Hart in concert that night, and it was great. But I've just come to realize, and I'm not better than anyone, I've just come to realize or at least just have the opinion that uh, no one really cares about my sports fanhood. As a matter of fact, there are really only a few situations in which I've really cared so much. Um, now that I've turned into an adult, you know, people that know me, varying shades of being an adult, I probably think I'm still a kid, you know, but um, there's only a few times as an adult that I've really become kind of emotionally involved in a sports team or a sports moment. And both of them happened in 2016. I, I grew up, uh, this may pe- make people mad, but I grew up being a really big Kobe Bryant fan. Um, as I was a Michael Jordan fan before, I didn't get to see most of Jordan's career. I was born in 1989. And so by the time I was really able to value what he brought to the table, he had retired. And then when he came back with the Wizards, it was cool, but it was kind of just a different thing. But I was growing up uh, playing basketball, playing you know youth basketball, then in the middle school, high school, and was able to watch Kobe's career for 20 years. And when his last night in the NBA came around, that game against the Jazz where he scored 60, uh, they came from behind the final few minutes. It was like a storybook thing. I know he had to shoot the ball 50 times to get to that. And it was a meaningless game. The Lakers were terrible that season. But I was emotional that night because, to me, it wasn't just, oh, it's my favorite player uh, retiring or my team or whatever, like that, that whole idea. It wasn't so much that as it was, you know, it, it was a part of me was leaving with him, as corny as that may sound. And later that year, uh, I've been a huge Chicago Cubs fan since I was little. Uh, family uh, from and lives in Illinois and just grew up being a fan of the Cubs and watching them on WGN pretty much every day. One of my favorite things in the world was I had a job back in the day where I used to work like 5 a.m. to 2 or 6 a.m. to 3, uh, kind of similar to what I'm doing now. And I would come home and I just knew a Cubs game was going to be on WGN, whether it was a home game or road game. I didn't care about love when they played at Wrigley. And I would just slip into a coma on the couch and take a nap with the Cubs game on. And, you know, a lot of those years, they, or a lot of, during that time frame, they weren't great. Uh, but it was just it's part of it. And when they won the World Series, that, that final pitch with the ground ball and threw it to first base, and it was I collapsed. You know, I, I collapsed off the recliner that I was in. I fell on the floor, and I, I cried some tears. I'm, I'm be real with you. It is what it is. But uh, those are the only two times that I've really been emotional when it comes to sports fanhood. And I think when it's good natured, there's nothing better than some good friendly trash talk. Oh man, your team sucks this year, right? And you kind of go back and forth. It's a cool thing amongst your friends. If, for example, you're a Tennessee fan, you're friends of Florida Gators or an Alabama fan, uh, you're an FSU fan, someone's a Miami fan, whatever. When you have that, it's sort of fun to kind of just chirp back and forth. But as long as it stays friendly and whatever, what I hate seeing when it becomes personal, people start attacking other people and you lose friendships and stuff over it. Cause at the end of the day, it's really not that big of a deal. Uh, I have a huge problem with, and I do, I honestly, I do it from time to time and I try to watch myself when I do it. Um, but I really hate when someone says, you know, my team, you know, my team, or they refer to the team as we, 
You know, if, if you're, again, if you're a Vols fan and you're saying, well, we should be really good this year, that's my team. It's not your team. You're not the coach. You're not the GM. You're not the owner. They don't even know you exist. Like, you can go stand in that 108,000 at Neyland Stadium on a Saturday, and I'm sure they appreciate the, the, you know, the crowd noise. And I'm not trying to make anyone mad here. I'm just keeping it real with you. Like, I'm sure they and any other college team appreciates the – I know when I played high school basketball, what little bit I got to play, I loved going different places that were loud. I fed off of that energy. So I understand how important the crowd dynamic is, what you call the, you know, the sixth man or the twelfth man, whatever it is, whatever sport it is. Oh, that's great, and I love that. But, again, when it becomes when you're getting in, in Twitter arguments or you're losing friendships in real life because, you know, you want to ram the fact that you're a, a fan of, you know, the Tar Heels down someone's throat and you're talking to someone that's a Duke fan or vice versa. Like, it's just, it becomes ridiculous. It, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. Uh, and honestly, there's really only, there's really only a certain few teams in existence that should be able to talk any trash really. And it be this, I'm better than you thing. I mean, if you really look at it, the you know, Alabama in college football, like no one should, can really say anything about them. Uh, the Patriots, you can say what you want about, you know, they're cheaters, they're whiners or whatever, but, you know, they've got the, you know, men lie, women lie, numbers don't. They've got the rings to back it up. The Golden State Warriors, the NBA, you can hate them all you want. Uh, the same way a lot of people that weren't Bulls fans in the 90s hated the Bulls. A lot, the same way a lot of people in the 2000s hated the Lakers that weren't Lakers fans and the Spurs and, you know, the Lakers and Celtics of the 80s. You know, this is something that's gone on for a long time. This isn't a new thing. Now those those squads can actually talk trash and they can and back it up. And what I've noticed is I have friends, uh, people that are very close to me that are Alabama Crimson Tide fans, and they rarely say anything because they don't have to. That's the whole point. There's nothing that needs to be said. We're going to go out and we're probably going to win 12, 13, 14 games this year, probably go undefeated win a national championship, and there's not much you can do about it. It's always the people, the loudest person in the room is always the most scared person in the room. If you're a fan of a team that's playing against Alabama or whatever, oh, we're we're going to be there next year. We're going to get you this year. Like, don't talk about it. Be about it. Like, if you're going to do it, do it. And, again, it's not you that's doing it, so you shouldn't be that emotionally invested anyway. Be excited if your team wins. Your team, quote, unquote. Be excited for them. Cheer them on. Buy the T-shirt. Buy the hoodie. Buy the decal for your car. I've done all the above. I'll continue to do all the above. I've got Florida State air fresheners in my car. You know, I've I've got a... FSU hoodie that I'll be wearing. I've, I've got all that stuff. Like I'm excited about it. Like I, I there's a little bit of, of a sense of pride. You go to the grocery store, you got quote unquote your team on, and it starts conversations. Sometimes it starts arguments. It is what it is. So last thing, and I'll move on to some other stuff about being a sports fan. Just kind of in my opinion, uh, it's that time of year. The NFL's coming back, and I'll just skip straight to it because I think it needs to be said. No one cares about your fantasy team at all. No one. No one. Think about this. You, you don't even care that much. You're going to wait till Sunday at 12.55 to get your lineup set. You don't even care to get ahead of the curve and do that. Why should anyone else care how your fantasy team's doing? I think it's fun. Uh, some friends and I, we played a few years in a row. I won a championship one year. It was great. Uh, Nathan, I'm still waiting on the prize for that. It's been, you know, six years. I'm still waiting. But I... There was one thing you said you were going to give me, uh, something that you had acquired at a concert, 
And I'm actually, in hindsight, I'm not going to go into any detail here. Uh, I'm actually kind of glad that you didn't give me that based on the way things have turned out uh, with that particular person in the legal system, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, no one cares about the fantasy teams, man. Like, it's cool. It's a fun thing to do. It's There's that sense of ownership that every sports fan wants where you feel like, okay, I work, and there's nothing wrong with this. I've done Any, any job I'm about to name, I mean, I'm either currently doing it or have done it, so I'm not knocking anyone. Uh, if you're you know, a clerk at a grocery store, if you're a stock person at a, at a grocery store, if you work retail, you work in a factory, it doesn't matter. Those jobs don't matter whenever you know you get home and your fantasy team won that week. You feel excited and you feel like you did something. I understand the payoff. It's a reward system. It's the same thing as I was talking about with social media. The people that market for Facebook, Twitter, Instagram understand how the reward system works. When you throw something out there, you create something that wasn't originally there, whether it's just a simple Facebook post, good or bad, and you start to get likes and responses. That's a reward system. You see that little notification button pop up. You get a little Facebook icon on your on your iPhone or your Android, and it says it has a little number two above. You're like, oh, I got two notifications. I'm excited. That's a reward system that builds an addiction. It's the same thing with fantasy football. You're gonna check every five seconds. Oh man, uh, Alvin Kamara ran for three yards. Let me see if that put me over the top here. Like you're gonna check all the time. It's why Directv started that thing years ago where you can put in the players that are on your fantasy team. So when that player has a, a has any sort of play whether it be you know a nine yard gain or a touchdown it pops up as a notification on your screen and you can click on it if you have sunday ticket and go straight to that game and see what's going on because they understand the addiction that we have as sports fans to that sense of winning everyone wants to win and so you create things like that to entertain you it's the entire idea behind gambling that yes you can make a lot of money or lose a lot of money but it's the thrill of being right uh, it goes back to the original point about the arguments. It's not so much um, whether the point you're making is valid. It's can I win and can I make the other person lose? And that's sort of where things get into trouble. When you're gambling, a lot of times it's just you're playing against yourself. You know, should I take the over? Should I take the under on this? Uh, whatever. So that whole reward system really fun it's literally very rewarding if you're good at gambling and i know a lot of fantasy football now uh is steeped in uh money before it used to just be for fun now you can you bet a lot of money and win a lot of money um if adrian peterson runs for four yards in the fourth quarter you know so it's kind of crazy how that works that people can make a, a huge come up or lose their life savings based on what someone else does on a football field that's kind of wild uh but anyway uh, there's some other topics that I want to get into. I've not done an original podcast in a few weeks, uh, so I want to make sure I'm giving you know, good content. I, I, I appreciate anyone that listens to this, and so I don't want to be lazy with the information I'm giving you. I want to make sure that it's, it's thorough and that I've really thought it through and that it makes sense. I know I've rambled for about 15 minutes here about this, but it's something that I've been sitting on for a few weeks, and I just wanted to share that with you. But uh, let's move on to some other things. I'm actually going to combine and just bear with me as I'm sort of fighting through some allergy symptoms here. Um, I'm going to combine a couple of topics into one and kind of label it under the, the idea of uh, the topic of value. Uh, I'm someone that whenever I go shopping or buy something for myself or for someone else, you can call me cheap if you want, but I don't really like paying a uh, full retail price for anything if I can keep from it. Once you know that you don't have to, in most cases, 
it becomes much harder just to accept something that's not quote unquote on sale. Uh, and where this, you know, has been the worst for me as far as buying things that are full prices. A lot of times it's movies, music, uh, video games, whenever they first come out or, uh, you know, brand new for people that, uh, pardon the noise there, people that, you know, buy and collect air Jordans or sneakers or whatever. That's something else that you usually end up paying quote unquote full price on. And I'm always interested in what determines the value of something. I know supply and demand is a big thing. I've noticed a lot of times though, that, more than anything, it seems like it's just a social mechanism. Uh, whenever people always make the joke when you're talking about buying a pair of Nikes, well, you're not actually paying for the shoe, you're paying for the logo on the box. And another place where I feel like that's applicable, even though I go there all the time, is when you go to a Starbucks or, or Dunkin' Donuts, and you're not necessarily paying for a cup of coffee. The average cup of coffee in 2017 last year was, I think, $1.85. You know, back in 1920, it was 15 cents to go buy a cup of coffee out. I understand inflation and all that, but um, a lot of times you're paying for the uh, the logo, the social interaction, the social social status, if you will. Uh, same thing with alcohol in a lot of cases. But it's just something that I really wanted to key in on. Mainly two of the things that I named: uh, video games. Uh, I someone that grew up. Loving video games, playing Super Mario, Zelda had a Nintendo, Super Nintendo, then a Nintendo 64. Uh, transitioned into a, an Xbox where I was playing Halo, Splinter Cell, that whole thing. Uh, PS3, playing Uncharted. And I've I had an Xbox One. Uh, didn't really play it a whole lot just because the schedule and this and that. And I'm still kind of in the same boat. I don't have a, a current generation system. But um, I'm still fascinated by the video game community. But something that I started to notice towards the tail end of me playing and I see prevalent all the time is, you know, $60 is no, uh, maybe for some people it is, but it's no small chunk of change. You think it's, you know, pretty much triple the cost of you're going to buy a movie. You go to Best Buy or go to Walmart or whatever and buy a movie for yourself, DVD, brand new when it comes out. Video game usually costs three times that at full price is $60. And when you realize that, you know, there's a lot of people that make you know, that put a lot of time and effort into making these games. And so you're paying for a lot of that and the studio needs to make sure they make a profit. And I get that. But one of the things that's frustrating is it's, it's hard enough to justify sometimes uh, paying six, uh, $60 for a video game. And in a lot of cases these days, the games aren't even finished yet. Uh, they're riddled with bugs and glitches or you're doing like the day one update. You put the game in expecting to play and you've got to wait an hour or two or however long it is to update. The system needs to update and need to download all this new stuff. And I, I know I sound like an old man here, but it's like when we were little, all you had to do is put that cartridge or that disc in the game or in the system and it just started playing. You might have to blow in the cartridge. You have Super Nintendo or Nintendo 64. The games might freeze up a little bit, but for the most part, the games just worked. You didn't have to worry about updating or downloading a bunch of new stuff. And not only at $60 is the game unfinished and you're, you're having to download all these different things, but you're being charged uh, for DLC for downloadable content, sometimes up to $50 or more uh, based on if, you know, you want to play the different story packs or whatever, depending on the game. So you're in a lot of cases, you're over $100 into a game just to get the quote unquote full experience. And even if you're not, you know, forking all that money over for the downloadable content, you're still um, encouraged, just like with a lot of cell phone games, you're encouraged to, Hey, it's like, it's free to play, but to upgrade and to level up and do this stuff, you're gonna have to pay a little bit of money. You buy if for people that play NBA 2k, you're buying VC to upgrade your character. 
honestly, I miss the days where you could just play the game and that was the way that you leveled up. You made your character better just by putting in the effort and that was pretty much where it was. And pardon me for a second, I'm going to adjust the microphone real quick. All right, um, you just got better that way and now you're having to spend a whole bunch of money to do that. I know I'm kind of a broken record here. And another thing is you're having to, uh, it was very relevant in Star Wars Battlefront 2 where you're playing and you're earning these loot boxes where you're getting different items or different download, different characters to play as, um, but you're only usually getting to use those weapons or those characters for, you know, one round and then you're having to do the whole loot box thing again. So instead of progressing and leveling up, it's just kind of a random game of chance. And I know that that frustrated a lot of people that played that game. And it's just, it's frustrating as a video game fan just to see just the whole system be designed to do not much more than just take your money and leave you unsatisfied. And I'm not going to make any jokes based on what I just said. But then another thing that, that video games is one thing because I don't really play that much anymore. But the thing that I've always really been passionate about since I was a kid really is, or, you know, Air Jordans, Michael Jordan and sneakers in general. I've always had a, a love for them. Um, there's something that I have on release days have you know, either stood in line or made sure I, you know, had something on reserve or knew someone that knew someone, or I'm paying over $200 for a pair of shoes the day they come out. And, you know, never mind the whole argument on, is it worth all that? Is it not worth all, all that? Cause beauty's in the eye of the beholder. I know people that spend millions of dollars on paintings to hang on their wall. Uh, Jordans to me or sneakers to me are just kind of maybe my form of art, something that I like to collect. There's other things that I w would like to collect as well, memorabilia, this and that. But that's something that uh, I'm I'm really into is sneakers. And the thing that bothers me the most specifically on the topic of Air Jordans is I'm really tired of them making all of these different numbered retros of Jordans. Uh, and I don't mind them in different colors every now and then. But we've not had a black and red Jordan 11 release since 2011. That's seven years ago. Um, you have to go through eBay or different sellers to get them. You're paying three, four, five hundred dollars for a, a new pair or one that's in really good condition. And it wouldn't bother me so much if they weren't making all these different shoes that were designed to look like those, but didn't. I, I think it's the Flight Club 91 that looks like the Jordan 6. It's almost identical. There are some structural differences which is why the flight club 91 is 140 usually most sixes when they come out newer 190 somewhere in that ballpark and my thought process is if you're going to go out of your way to make this sort of whack looking thing that's pretending to be a jordan retro why don't you just scrap that and actually make the retro in a limited release instead of spending all this money on resources on making a lesser product just save that money and put it towards something people actually want I mean, that just seems so simple to me, but I hate going in and I go to Champs or wherever and I see a Flight Club 91. Um, I see a um, a Future or a Horizon. You know, the Future looks like the 11, the Horizon looks like the 13. Uh, there's one that looks like a 7. I think it's called True Flight. I keep seeing all these. They look like just cheap knockoffs, but yet people are still in there like buying them for 140 150 and I just don't get it. If I'm, To me, that product is only at best half is good. So I'm not going to spend any more than a hundred on it. Uh, those are the types of shoes that you see sitting at the clearance outlets. When you go to a Nike or a Jordan outlet, wherever that's, those are the ones you see on sale online. You go to finishline.com. It's on clearance for 60, $70 because people don't want it. People don't want that stuff. But yet 
enough people have bought them to fool Jordan Brand into thinking this is what people want, and it just drives me absolutely insane. Like, if I'm going to get the stuff, I actually want the good stuff. I don't want to keep seeing all these different colors and re-releases of stuff no one's asking for. I understand, like I said before, supply and demand, making people want something and it's going to sell better when it comes out. I know this Christmas, the Jordan 11 is the Concord, the white and black, and I'm sure it'll sell great. And that's the point is it's been a while since they re-released that one. I'm hoping next year uh, that it's the black and red 11, but at that point it will have been eight years. Um, I'm honestly, my favorite shoe is the black and red six, the original with the regular red, not that neon red they put out a few years ago. And that's another thing. I'm like, if you're going to put, if you're going to make it that close, why not just make the real thing? Like I sincerely don't get it, but, um, video games, coffee, Jordans, these are all things that I'm asking you what I ask myself, which is just let's negotiate the value of something before we just spend money on it. Um, I'm, honestly really bad about impulse buying and I think that's where a lot of it comes from is the people that market these things know exactly what they're doing to target people like me people like you and on the topic of marketing and advertising this may not be the smoothest transition ever but I'm going to kind of give you some closing thoughts I was at the uh, at the store the other day and I was going to buy some you know people are it's back to school so everyone's out there buying school supplies and notebooks and and pencils and all that and I just took a step back. I was over. I was going to buy some pins. I really, I'm really into zebra steel pins, and I really like the pins as well with the little tablet or phone, you know, thing on where the eraser should be. So that way, you can, if you have a touch screen, you can use it to write with and, uh, you know, do stuff on there with. I'm really into those. But I just took a step back and was just looking at the entire wall of pins and pencils and just thinking about how ridiculous it is that there are so many options. There's so many different, even just pins. There's so many different colors and. Yeah, there's ballpoint and there's gel and there and there's all this. And again, I said I had a specific one that I like, and that's kind of the point is that they I've heard somewhere in my subconscious there's been an advertisement. Actually, I think I know exactly where it came from for zebra steel pins, and I'm kind of doing one right now on accident. But I just heard people that I like talk about them, and so they made me want to get one. But I just started thinking about like how frustrating it probably is for someone that uh, from a different generation than me that grew up with just one type of pencil, one type of pen, you know, and you go into buy, it's no wonder everyone in the world has anxiety these days. Like I know I have it. Um, I'm not shy about it. I know I have it. I've found ways to manage it, but even things as simple as picking out what pack of pens at the store is, is like unbelievably frustrating. It's that way with almost everything I was looking at, and I'm not criticizing the company. It's one of my favorite snacks, but I was looking at Cheez-Its the other day and there's like, seems like 50 different kinds. There's the extra crispy. There's the, you know, reduced fat, reduced salt, like all these different things, white cheddar, which are my favorite. Um, there's some with like, it just, there's spicy ones. There's all these different things. And it's like, there's all these different options and it's one, uh, it's a way to get people to spend money and without really placing value on what you're spending money on. And two, it's just all these decisions give us just, I mentioned, I bring it up all the time. There's all these options, no matter what you're doing, whether you're watching a TV show, trying to find music on a streaming music site on your phone, uh, even just on your phone in general. I talked about it in an app on a video on YouTube the other week, uh, a musings video called apps where I'm saying, you know, there's even just in your phone, you can lose hours at a time clicking on different things. And then you're going to go out and 
go to the store and try to buy a pack of pins and it's the, kind of the same thing. It's all these different options and they, they create this atmosphere of anxiety where it's hard to make decisions and you kind of stick to your own thing and, and it's all encompassing what I'm trying to get at, which is those options have us isolate ourselves and then we become like the people on Twitter that I was talking about earlier, where you only see your perspective and you're talking trash about something that you probably don't need to be talking trash about. And it's just, it's kind of crazy. I just wish that they, and it's never going to be the case. So it's just kind of whatever. It's just kind of me ranting about something that I can't change, but I just kind of wish things were simpler. Sometimes I just remember growing up in high school when if you were, you know, just getting into dating or whatever to me this is just me speaking this may not apply to anyone else but for me that was the best pleasure in the world was just like to be on the phone for hours and you're kind of and now it's like you text you do everything you snapchat you whatever but that whole idea of of courting and it was kind of like the last vestige vestiges of uh me trying to say that word's tricky it's kind of the final frontier of uh chivalry where now you can do everything. You can swipe left, swipe right, send some pictures you probably shouldn't send. And then it's, you know, there's no real, um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but there's no real, uh, wow, total blank here. That's what you tune into the Nate show for is for me to just blank out mid thought, but it's lacking all that chivalry, all that courtship that makes relationships so fun. Uh, being able to just, kind of be lazy about it it's made this whole generation just kind of kind of dumbed us down honestly and again i know i'm guilty of it but uh, i'm gonna jump off this high horse uh it's been kind of a weird episode getting back into the swing of things uh, adjusting to a new schedule where before i was working mostly evenings and now i'm up early in the morning which i kind of like because it gives me the rest of the day to do stuff like this and do other things and be productive but it's been an adjustment, and I'd be lying if I said I hadn't taken a lot of naps while trying to adjust to this new schedule recently. But uh, I appreciate those of you that have tuned in and listened to this. Um, I say at the beginning, you could be in the, anywhere in the world, but you're here with me, and I appreciate that. And I usually say it better than that, but it is what it is. Fighting these allergy symptoms or whatever. Again, make sure you're following on social media at the Nate Show 423. Uh, Instagram did kind of a weird thing to me recently. It kind of messed up. I had to change some of my information and it wouldn't let me use the Nate show 423 anymore. Uh, I think if you type it in the search bar, it'll still pull me up, but just to be safe, if you're on Instagram and it's not working, it's Nate show 423. There's no the in front of it. It's just Nate show 423. So make sure you're on there. Make sure you're following the YouTube page. I'll have a new video up this Friday, a uh, new podcast every Wednesday. Uh, nothing solid yet, but once I really get adjusted to this new schedule and find a rhythm that really works, I'm going to go to two episodes a week of podcasts and probably maybe still do a weekly video, but do some of the bigger productions more spaced out because I feel like if I'm going to produce something for y'all that are fans, I want to make sure that I'm actually putting thought, energy, effort into it, not just randomly throwing something together. I want to make sure that it's quality. You're taking time out of your schedule to listen to me. Maybe you're at the gym, maybe whatever. I don't, it don't really matter. You're taking time. I want to reward that time with some effort of my own. I don't want to just mail it in. So again, I appreciate everyone that's tuning in. Make sure you tune in again next week. Follow the YouTube page. Check out everything I'm doing and hope to have you back again this time next week. But if not, I get it. <laughs>